Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome into hour number two of the Bruce Woolley Show. Glad to have you along. I don't say this enough. You can always send me an email, bruce at salemmedia.com, bruce at salemmedia.com. So those of you who have been uh, dialing producer Pam saying, tell Bruce this, tell Bruce that. Uh, Producer Pam is busy during the show doing all kinds of things, and she's more than welcome to talk to you in terms of screening your call to put you on the air. But if you just want to give her like a little factoid to pass along to me or register your complaint with something, either come on the air and do it yourself or send me an email. And then that way, Pam will be able to do all the things she needs to do. She can't have uh, an extended conversation with you on the phone while she's trying to also produce the show. So appreciate the calls. Appreciate the listening. Just avail yourself of the email option or or you can wait till the show's over and then you can call the same number. And what, a machine picks up and they can it leave a message? It goes to voicemail. Yeah, it goes to voicemail. Yeah. And then you can so, leave it and then so I'll hear it. I'll hear it in your I'd own voice. I'd rather have these guys go on the air with you. Of course. Because it's a talk show. I would too. Yes. So, but if you can't wait, because sometimes you have to wait on hold until we can get to you, then leave a voicemail after 1 p.m. and we'll get the voicemail. We will. And we'll listen to it. I promise you. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Now, uh, we have talked on this show and we will talk a lot more because I don't have much optimism this will happen about the expansion of Ed Choice scholarships in the state of Ohio. I played liberally from Hugh Hewitt's interview the other day with Governor Mike DeWine, where Hugh, uh, channeling his inner arch-conservative, uh, came after the governor for being weak on school choice. And the governor is weak on school choice. The governor is exceedingly weak on school choice, and Hugh held his feet to the fire on the fact that why are other states in the country doing what Ohio has the legislative muscle to do? theoretically, with a supermajority in the House and Senate, but won't do because our Speaker of the House is not a real Republican, and the 22 people who sided with 34 Democrats in the House don't want school choice because they got plum committee assignments in exchange for selling out the true conservatives in the House and for selling out the rest of us who would like Ohio to do what Oklahoma and Missouri, and Arizona, and Texas, and South Carolina, and Florida have all done, which is give parents actual school choice. And the effort to cut back Governor DeWine's effort to expand school choice, he's not giving it to everybody, he's just expanding it. The effort the forces are marshalling on the horizon to come after this, and you can tell because... One of the Columbus Dispatch's resident woke freaks, Anna Staver, is doing the bidding of the Ohio Education Association, the American Federation of Teachers, and every teachers union out there, and all the Democrats in the House, by disparaging this in print at length. This will not be the last time she does it. She and Haley B. Miller and all the other knuckleheads who write for the Dispatch, the Beacon Journal, 
and other newspapers in the state of Ohio, the Enquirer, they will do everything they can to lick the boots of the Teachers Association. I guess they want their kids to grow up with inferior educations in the state of Ohio, which is their business. But for the rest of us who would like a quality education for our kids, which means private school, which means education, not indoctrination, why begrudge us the chance to have some of the money that we contribute to the state through our taxes returned to us so we can send our kids to the school we like? Again, if you're afraid of competition, you are most likely afraid of it because you know you will lose the competition. And that is absolutely the only plausible explanation for why teachers unions in the state of Ohio are against school choice. That is the only plausible reason. It has been said from the beginning of time over and over again, and it's continued to be st- it's continually stated because it is also true that competition makes you better. It holds you accountable. And if public schools wanted to get better, which they don't, they would not be afraid of competition from charter schools and private schools. But they are terrified of that competition because they lose that competition. Hence, they must come out against any expansion of school choice. And now the argument is, oh, the state of Ohio can't afford it. The state of Ohio just can't afford this. They are claiming that the expansion of ed choice in the state of Ohio, the number could hit $172 million. DeWine has estimated it will cost the state $25 million. That's a big gap. But what is not tackled anywhere in this puff PR piece done by Anna Staver is, well, if your numbers meant to scare us are that the state can't afford it, because it will cost $172 million, why are so many people interested in taking the expanded EdChoice scholarship and fleeing the public schools? Like that, if I'm the president of the Ohio Education Association or the American Federation of Teachers, I would be afraid to admit that the state of Ohio couldn't afford that. Because I would, at the same time, be admitting that my public schools are inferior. Right? Like Scott DeMauro. Scott, you've been on the show. I appreciated it very much. Come back again. We sat next to each other at the roundtable discussion at the um, Columbus Metropolitan Club maybe a year or so ago. Not quite a year or so ago. Nice man. We just have a complete chasm between us on the quality of public schools in the state of Ohio. And what Scott DeMauro would never admit in public, he is in fact admitting when he says that Ohio can't afford the expansion of school choice. Why would Ohio not be able to afford the expansion of school choice? Because too many kids would be taking it, thus costing the state the $7,500-ish contribution the state would make to someone who wants to go to a private school. And if that... $7,500 adds up this student, the next student, the next student, the next student. And if it, in fact, adds up to not $25 million, but $172 million, seven times as much, well, I think it's inarguable that Scott DeMauro is admitting my public schools suck and people can't wait to get out. And there are a lot of people who would like to get out and can't afford to get out. But if you give them 
$7,500 toward a private school tuition. Now, all of a sudden, to go to Watterson and DeSales and Worthington Christian and Delaware Christian and Northside Christian, well, now it becomes a whole lot more affordable. I don't know what it costs to go to Hartley. I don't know what it costs to go to Watterson. I know what it costs to go to Worthington Christian, and believe me, $7,500 would help a lot. A lot. Wouldn't pay the whole bill, but it would help a lot. Columbus Classical Academy, I doubt is. I don't know what the tuition is going to be yet, but my doubt is that it would pay the full tuition at Columbus Classical Academy when it starts this fall, grades K through 8 at 2000 Players Parkway, but it would help a lot. And the only reason you would want to be leaving Columbus City Schools, Olentangy Local Schools, Dublin, Hilliard, Upper Arlington, would be because... You're not satisfied with where you are. You are an unhappy customer. What happens if you're an unhappy customer at a restaurant? Are you forced to sit there and eat the crappy hamburger that you don't want? No, you get up and go to another restaurant. What happens if you get somebody to come and fix your roof and they do a bad job the next time your roof leaks? Do you have to call that same person? No, you have a whole array of other roofers you can call. Why do our education, why does our education system not work this way? Because the people who have a monopoly on your kids going to their schools do not want you to have options. Now, this next bit of audio is from a news story out of Milford, New Hampshire. But this underscores the craziness in our public schools. And a bunch of people walk out of Milford, New Hampshire public schools the other day. Do you know why they walked out? Because all the urinals in the boys' bathroom had garbage bags and zip ties placed over them because they were no longer allowed to be used by boys. Why? Were they non-functioning? Oh, no, they were perfectly functioning. Give a listen. Milford High School students staging a walkout Friday in response to the school board's bathroom restrictions that limit the number of students who can use the facilities to the number of stalls available. Nobody asked for this. Nobody but the few parents who complained to the school board asked for this. The board voted on the measure on Monday after a proposal was brought forth that would change the district's bathroom policy, which allows students to use whichever bathroom aligns with their gender identity. The proposal would require students to use the bathroom associated with their biological sex, male or female. While students agreed they do not like the current bathroom restrictions. We're all at high school, and the fact that you see this many people out here right now ready to kind of stand against the school board just kind of signifies that. Some have different opinions about what should be done to address the larger issue. As a female, I don't I don't think that it's safe to have males in our bathroom. This is creating just a complex system of inequality within our LGBTQ plus students. Teacher. Hmm. Yeah, the boys can't use the urinals in the boys' bathroom anymore. Because, what, that would acknowledge that some people can use uh, the bathroom standing up, and so they are forcing the boys to use the stalls in the bathroom because, what, the girls who think they're boys are in that bathroom and they would be psychologically damaged by watching a boy go to the bathroom standing up. And they wonder why kids and parents want to leave the public school. So it's interesting. I talked yesterday in this block of the show about the two commercials on the Super Bowl. He gets us, which is uh, funded in part by the guy from Hobby Lobby. 
and many other people. It's a multi-million dollar, I've even read as much as $2 billion campaign to make uh, people curious about getting to know more about Jesus. I think that's a fantastic goal. The how you go about it part of it is, of course, kind of consequential to whether or not the movement is about the right things or whether or not the movement is inauthentic. And it's really interesting because, uh, quite honestly, obviously, uh, the people at this radio network are all in on it. Otherwise, the guys behind the movement would not have been on Hugh Hewitt yesterday morning and Mike Gallagher. But what's interesting about it is one of the biggest critics of this movement is also a Salem Radio Network host, Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk is not at all about it. So uh, I got an email yesterday that, you know, it's worth considering having these guys on the show or whatever. So I've told you many times before, I will never lie to you, okay? I will never, ever, ever lie to you. And can I give you a definitive evaluation of the whole he gets us movement? No, I really can't because like so many things uh, related to the Christian faith, what you focus on can be authenticated seemingly by certain scriptures and it can also be inauthenticated by certain scriptures. For instance, the he gets us movement talks a lot about and refers to Jesus as the greatest love story ever. Now, I can get fully on board with that. What is more loving, there is nothing more loving, than laying your life down for someone else, sacrificing your life for theirs. That is, in effect, what Jesus did at the cross. He took my sin and yours on himself and sacrificed his own life so that we could be redeemed. But what is inherent in that whole transaction? What is inherent in that transaction is you have to admit your need for that. Like the message of John the Baptist, who Jesus said was the greatest person who ever lived. Jesus said that. It's not my opinion. It's Jesus' opinion of John the Baptist. What was John the Baptist's message? What was the first word of John the Baptist's message? Repent. Repent. So when I look at the Jesus, he gets us movement. What I don't see is any mention of sin and repentance from sin. And as I told you yesterday, the the just colloquial surface receiving of the words he gets us, to me, maybe not you, but to me, sounds like an effort to portray Jesus as just like us. Now, again, this is one of those areas where you can say, well, yeah, it's absolutely true. He was just like us. He was, a, he was fully man, and that's true. But I also could come back and say, he's nothing like us because he was the son of God. He is the son of God, not was, is. So this is a very complex thing, and here's my fear. Now, I haven't spent a ton of time on their website because I just was looking for certain things that I didn't see, and it gave me enough that I felt like I needed to address this again. What I'm curious about is, and I said this yesterday, if the He Gets Us movement gets people curious about Jesus, and they're intrigued by the videos that play or the emotions conveyed in the commercials, and that their curiosity 
drives them to look more into who Jesus is, who he was as a man in his earthly ministry, and who he is, because he's still alive, he rose from the dead, he will come back another time to gather his church to himself. If it makes people curious to investigate who he is, fantastic. But there's only one place that is fail-safe on investigating who he is, and that's the Holy Scriptures. Now, you can, of course, be assisted in that area by an authentic local church. And this is where my concern deepens about the He Gets Us movement. Because if it's just about getting you into a mindset of, well, maybe I need to go to church, and doesn't, and I don't know how it could could possibly do this, because the world's a big place, and there are a lot of heretical churches out there, a lot of them, and a lot of them glorify things, themes that I see in the commercials for the He Gets Us movement that could confuse people, such as, well, I mean, one of the hashtags on the site is justice. Oh, okay, Jesus was a social justice warrior. Okay, I'm going to go to a church that's all about social justice. Well, then you're at a heretical church. If you're going to First Congregational Church of Columbus, if, if you're going and you're listening to Tim Aarons, uh, run, flee, sprint out the doors, okay? So this is my concern with the whole he gets us thing, is I'm very, 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 very uncomfortable. In fact, I can't even, uncomfortable doesn't begin to say it. I'm, I would crusade against anyone who would try to get you to view Jesus through your own prism. Like he understands you. He does. He does. What he's trying to do is he's trying to get you to understand that you need him. And the reason you need him is because he's the son of God. He's not just like you. He's nothing like you. He's a sinless person. He's a sinless deity. Okay. He's nothing like you or me. And the miracle of his ministry is that we can become like him by accepting what he did for us. That is the miracle. That is the amazing thing, is that his perfection is available to us. But if we're only going to receive him to the degree that who he is or who he was fits into the prism of what we believe. I think social justice is really important. I think accepting the LGBTQ movement is really important. I think ignoring gambling is really important. I think I should be able to cuss and swear. I should be able to drive aggressively and mean and be mean and be impatient with people. If those are the little pieces of you that you are not willing to cede to his authority, well, then you're Joe Biden. Then you're Nancy Pelosi. Then you're an a la carte Christian. I'll take this part. I like that. Ooh, the redemption part. I'll have double on that. The accountability? No thanks.